Blog Talk Radio. It's time for the kickoff. Behind everything that is great, there is a great mind, a mastermind. Get ready for the fantasy football mastermind edge. The definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Your host, fantasy football mastermind, Michael Nazareth, has several decades of fantasy football experience. His website, ffmastermind.com, offers comprehensive fantasy football information, including a preseason drafting strategy guide and weekly in-season fantasy football newsletters. The Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge offers fantasy football picks to click and play. The latest NFL news and much, much more each week during the fantasy football season. Remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. You lose! Good day, sir! Here's your host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge, Michael Nazareth. Welcome to the show, everybody. My name is Michael Nazareth. I am host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge podcast. With me once again, my good friend and co-host, Chris Rito. How are you doing tonight, Chris? Well, all things considered, not too bad. We've obviously got a little bit of winter weather throughout much of the northern part of the country, but as I'm sure you're about to talk about, we've got some bad news to share with the, with the Mastermind community. Yes. Um, Going to get through this show. A very good friend of mine and a very experienced fantasy writer, staff writer, senior staff writer, John Cooney, passed away yesterday. Very tough to talk about it, but I know John would want the show to go on, so we're going to talk about it, and um, we're going to do what we always do, talk about fantasy football, even though it's uh, kind of a small out-of-the-way pocket, you know, in the in the grand life of things, but I know John uh, John's family wants us to continue doing what we're doing and, and honor him and that we uh, dedicate this show and the season to John and his family. And, um, yeah, and it's a, want, and it's a, it's an escape. It's a little bit of an escape. I mean, fantasy football has always been an escape for all of us from the the negative parts of our everyday life, and it's something we can enjoy, whether it's with friends or family or or just the competition or just just getting away. So I think uh, we're going to try and do that tonight. And you know, we'll remember John. His, his his contributions obviously to the site are tremendous. His contributions to his friends and family even more so. But um, we're going to try and, and distract it. You know, this, that's what sports should be. It's something to, to give you a chance to not think about all the bad things in life and just it's just have fun for a while. Yeah. I, I do want to thank everyone that's uh, managed to donate uh, to the GoFundMe page that I linked uh, from my Twitter account uh, for John, uh, his wife, Maria, and their family. Uh, I appreciate every donation, even if it's just a dollar. Doesn't uh, <laughs> Everything helps because uh, the massive medical bills that, that, that his family has uh, amassed is uh, astronomical. But uh, fortunately, everybody's been very giving in that respect, and I will be posting the link again on Twitter as well as uh, sending out an email blast to the Mastermind community. We appreciate that. Anyway, today was uh, trade deadline day in the NFL, and so uh, we were hoping to talk about Derrick Henry, and we can still talk about Derrick Henry, but he's a Titan. But uh, we've got some other news to talk about. 
of course, the big news of the week was Kirk Cousins, another Achilles uh, injury struck, and he's gone for the season. Um, the Vikings are left without an experienced quarterback. They managed to make a deal for Joshua Dobbs, who all of a sudden was out of favor with the Cardinals. Not quite sure what happened there, but uh, Kyler Murray's coming back anyway uh, fairly soon, either this week or next week. But it looks like rookie Jaron Hall will start for the Vikings this week. Uh, they're hoping to get Dobbs up to speed. Maybe he might be able to help out a little bit and, and take over next week. Um, fantasy Impact, Chris, uh, the, the Minnesota Vikings got a lot of good fantasy players there. Of course, um, you know, Justin Jefferson's on IR. Uh, hopefully he'll be back in a couple of weeks. But you've got uh, Matt Alexander Madison and, and Cam Akers. And, of course, T.G. Hawkinson and a premium tight end. And then K.J. Osborne and, and, of course, Jordan Addison, uh, the rookie. Uh, what's, what's the first thoughts in your head in terms of losing Kirk Cousins? What does this mean for the offense for Minnesota? Yeah, there's, there's so many moving parts to this. I mean, first of all, I want to say that I think Joshua Dobbs losing the starting job may have been because this deal was already starting to be in the works once Cousins went down. So I think that may have been part of that whole decision. But Cousins gone, obviously you're losing a top 10 fantasy quarterback. That, that's a huge blow for whoever's got him as, a, as their every week starter. It's going to have a ripple impact no matter what else goes on. Even if Joshua Dobbs comes in and plays just as well as he did in Arizona, the, one of the big things is that if a team cannot continue to win and stay in playoff contention, this is going to potentially mean Justin Jefferson is not going to be rushed back or maybe not back at all because they were talking four to maybe six weeks or more for this hamstring injury. If he doesn't come back, now the first overall pick in many drafts is basically gone from like week four on or whatever he was, he was out. So that's a big blow. Jordan Addison was stepping up. And I can, and I, and I just don't know that anyone that steps in here at quarterback is going to have that same link that Cousins was starting to form with Addison. The one guy that probably doesn't get hurt, I won't say it benefits, but doesn't get hurt, is Hawkinson because, you know, look at Dobbs. He was just dumping to the tight end over and over and over again in Arizona. He's going to get the ball out of his hands, and the closest guy to him is going to be T.J. Hawkinson. So I think he's probably – uh, has a has a reduction in his in his big play potential and maybe his touchdown potential, but his PPR value might might stay pretty solid because his receptions and targets might actually even go up a little bit. Yeah, I think I agree with you there. Uh, moving on over to the Atlanta Falcons, uh, I don't know. Arthur Smith seems to be playing games with people. Desmond Ritter was evaluated for concussion at halftime. Uh, he cleared it, uh, but they left Taylor Heineke in there in the second half. And of course, Desmond Ritter, the knock on him has been turnovers fumbling the ball and throwing picks uh, and such. So, of course, they asked Smith uh, who's going to start this week, and they said, you'll find out Wednesday, and we're taping this, of course, on Tuesday night. So is it going to be Desmond Ritter or Taylor Heineke, Chris? What, what do you think? Who's going to start? Uh, I think they're going to give Heineke a chance. It's just a gut feeling. Um, I, obviously, they've not been real pleased with it, uh, and I think they've – I'm not saying they're fed up or they're, they're done with Ritter, but I think they want to see a little bit more of Heineke. Heineke's obviously had some starts in the NFL, but – I think they want to see what he does with this personnel. And if he performs as well or better than Ritter, I think what this probably does, this means they're going to be going looking for a quarterback in next year's draft. Um, if he doesn't perform any better, um, then I think they're going to ride with Ritter and maybe see if they can develop some even more going into 2024. So this is, I think it's going to be a Heineke thing, but it's going to be kind of as a probe to see what they should do with their first-round draft pick next year. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens in Atlanta. Uh, well, the good news for the Tennessee Titans, not only did they not trade Derrick Henry, but 
uh, rookie Will Levis blew up in his first game uh, against the Falcons, throwing four touchdown passes. Three of them went to DeAndre Hopkins, his first touchdowns as a Titan. Uh, quick thoughts, Chris, on Will Levis. Is this a fluke, or uh, do you think that, uh, that maybe this is the start of something, like, like a Justin Herbert-type uh, coming-out party? What do you think? Yeah, maybe a little of both. It's a little bit fluky because, I mean, it's the Falcons. They're not a great pass event. they got a great number one corner, but they, they really haven't done much. They've given up a lot of touchdown passes this year already. So, uh, And they really haven't played a lot of good quarterbacks so far in their game. So it's a little bit matchup-based, but he looked good. I mean, he looked good. So I, and, and Will Levis was highly rated. A lot of people had him rated right up there with Anthony Richardson. A lot of people thought the Colts were going to take him uh, at, at number four. So uh, I think it's – it's, it's maybe a, a little bit of a breakout, but too early to tell. I'm not going to get him his yellow jacket just yet until I see him play against a little bit better defense. Yeah, by the way, you people out there, if you've got Kirk Cousins like I do on one of my uh, teams, uh, I immediately dropped him, obviously, because he's out for the year, and picked up Will Levis. So you could do probably a lot worse than <laughs> and take a chance mm-hmm. with Levis. Of course, I can do this because my other quarterback's Dak Prescott. Even though I was starting Kirk Cousins, Prescott has come on. So I can take a chance with Levis and see how he does there. Okay, over in New England, they're having all kinds of problems with their wide receivers. Kendrick Bourne uh, left late in the game on Sunday, and uh, guess what? Torn ACL, lost for the season. Devonta Parker, uh, their other veteran receiver, was con- uh, sin- uh, he was concussed suffered a concussion, so it looks like he might not be playing. Demario Douglas, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Jalen Rager, uh, who actually played ahead of Smith-Schuster in this game. Uh, Chris, what's your thoughts on the fantasy impact here for the Patriots uh, wide receivers? Yeah, fantasy-wise, I don't think there's going to be a lot to be had here. They do have a lot of guys with good pedigrees, like the guys you just mentioned, Juju and Rager, high, you know, relatively high draft pick. Juju had some success. they got Tyquan Thornton still, who was a first or second, I think it's a second-round pick. They've got, some, they've got some pedigree there. None of these guys are going to stand out for fantasy just because the, the, the passing offense isn't going to be that good, and there's going to be a, a small pie split a lot of ways. What this might do, though, without his number one target, is that it might make Mac Jones a better NFL quarterback, so he's going to spread it around maybe and start to function a little better instead of locking in on Bourne like he has in a couple of games. It might bring Hunter Henry back into it like he hasn't really appeared since those first two weeks when he has a lot of targets and scores. And I think the big benefit here is going to be Ramondre Stevenson. Um, he's going to be the most trusted receiver, frankly, that they have left. And so he's going to get a lot of dump-offs to get the ball in the hands of the playmakers. I think his, his PPR value might have gone up a little bit. Yeah, I've got Stevenson in a couple of leagues from God, uh, from your mouth to God's ears there because we can certainly <laughs> use a lot more catches for Stevenson. Um, before I get to the uh, quick, uh, small, short list of injuries, the Bills signed playoff Lenny, Leonard Fournette, to their practice squad. Looks like he's going to be called up with Damian Harris on IR. Waiver wire pickup, uh, Chris, or, uh, or just leave him be? Big leagues or big rosters, if you've got room, it's, it's worth a, a dart throw because, I mean, People are picking up Latavius Murray as a dart throw because of the value of the offense. And Fournette, frankly, has proven a lot more than than Murray has in the NFL. He's proven a lot more as a goal line runner and as a receiver. So I think that there's there's some potential there. It's worth it's worth a stash if you've got the space. Okay, uh, let's get to the quarterbacks. Uh, list of injuries there, and there are a lot. Uh, Justin Fields with a thumb remains week to week. Doesn't look like he's going to play this week. I think they already said Tyson Badgett is going to start. Kyler Murray, we're still waiting there. Uh, at first they said not expected to play, and then, of course, they shipped Dobbs away, and they said Clayton Toon's likely to start. So we'll see if that stands. I think it says uh, 
Tune's probably going to show something in, in practice, and if not, they might actually get Murray on the field this week. We'll see. Deshaun Watson is, is still very iffy there with that shoulder. Uh, you know, if he doesn't go, then P.G. Walker will go. Matthew Stafford with a thumb. He has a UCL sprain in that thumb, and he's listed as day-to-day. Excuse, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> we don't know if he'll be able to play. It depends if he'll be able to pra- practice. Baker Mayfield with the knee practice on Monday. It's a kind of a minor knee bruise, so it looks like he'll be good to go. Kenny Pickett with a rib injury. He was limited today in practice, says he will play on Thursday. Daniel Jones with a neck. Uh, he has been cleared to play, and it's a good thing because Tyrod Taylor with the ribs, uh, he was taken to the hospital. He's week to week. He is out. And no uh, quarter, uh, no uh, running backs to note, uh, seriously, on this list right now. Wide receiver Drake London with a groin. He said after the game he was fine, but we'll see if he'll be able to practice. And that'll determine whether he'll play this week. Curtis Samuel with a toe foot. <coughs> Excuse me. Status uncertain. Darren Waller, uh, tight end for the uh, Giants hamstring, and unfortunately that looks like it might be the same hamstring that he hurt earlier this year as well as last season, so it's very iffy for him to play. We'll see if he can practice. Gerald Effort with the hip, uh, status uncertain there. We'll see if he'll be able to play. He was out last Sunday night, and we'll be right back after this important message. You know you want to dominate your fantasy football league. Manage your teams with assistance from the definitive fantasy football information service, Fantasy Football Mastermind. Found on the web at ffmastermind.com. There's plenty of free stuff, and the premium content will consistently give your teams the best chance to go all the way. Co-founder and CEO Michael Nazarek has several decades of experience, including winning four consecutive SI.com Experts League Championships, along with tens of thousands of dollars playing in the Fantasy Football Players Championship. Go to ffmastermind.com and check out their volumes of fantasy football content updated daily, which give you the edge you need to legitimately claim championship. Championship! Read Drafter, Dynasty, Keeper, Auction, Salary Cap, IDP. They cover them all with the best content available anywhere. Go to ffmastermind.com. The longer you wait, the more great information you'll be missing. Okay, uh, breaking news. Quick quick note on injuries. Uh, I believe ESPN just reported that Puka Nakua has some kind of knee issue, so uh, keep an eye on that. I'm sure you guys will know more here if you're checking this out on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. We'll find out if he's going to practice and play this week. Hopefully it's nothing big. Uh, okay, uh, of course, uh, check out our website, ffmastermind.com. Uh, lots of free stuff on there, including our flagship feature, uh, NFL Quick Bits. Uh, of course, our newsletters, <clears throat> excuse me, our free Eye in Sky Scanner reports, still uh, releasing those, including those that cover the Colts from Chris Rito, and our uh, weekly newsletters, uh, expanded picks to click and flick, the market uh, rankings for the week, uh, flex rankings, injuries, uh, fourth and one injury report. Uh, we update all the rankings and such on Saturday. Uh, the weekly in-season newsletter, mid-season sales, only twelve ninety-five. That's sixty-eight percent off. And please follow me on Twitter at ffmastermind. All right, Chris, let's get right to this week's picks to click and flick. Guys, you want to consider putting in your lineup or pulling from your lineup, starting lineup. Give me a couple quarterbacks you like and why. Uh, yeah, first one is it's kind of obvious. It's Dak Prescott. I mean, he's starting to heat up. He's averaging 30 points, fantasy points, his last two games. And Philly's defense is showing a lot of signs of cracking in the secondary. Um, the front got pressure the last few weeks, but this is going to be a lot harder against a healthy Cowboys line. 
than it has been against some of the opponents they face. And even when they get pressure, the Eagles have allowed two passing touchdowns per game and a nearly 100 quarter QB rating. So I think Prescott and his receivers should have a field day. I mean, if Sam Howell can play two games against them and average 350 and three, I think Dax should light it up. He's also averaging 304 touchdowns against Philly in his last, in the last three seasons. And even Dalton for the Cowboys threw for 377 and three in a spot start a couple of years ago. So Philly clearly cannot stop Dallas quarterbacks in the last few years. Uh, and then a kind of a gut call, gut check call is Mac Jones this week. I'm not saying you should bench a usual starter for him, but if you're in a pinch for a bye week or a cousin's owner, like you mentioned, I think he could do worse than a quarterback facing the commanders. Only Josh Dobbs in week one has scored less than 25 fantasy points against Washington this year. And to be fair, he'd been with the team like two days when he started for him on that, on that opener. Uh, Jones, Jones has shown some signs of life after a tough stretch against five straight top 10 pass defenses. So he's as good a desperation or waiver wire play as you can expect in week line and a cheap DFS option that won't hurt you. Okay. A couple quarterbacks I like this week. Uh, Derek Carr for the Saints, a very nice matchup against a sinking Bears secondary. We all saw what Justin Herbert did against the Bears last Sunday night. And, of course, uh, Patrick Mahomes uh, coming off that flu game, yeah, 11 points. Uh, yeah, he's going to get his groove back against the Dolphins in Germany this weekend. And remember, this is the early start, so you're going to have to get up early like me on the east, on the West Coast. <laughs> but uh, if you got Mahomes, uh, don't worry. Uh, put him in your lineup. He's going to do well for you this week. A couple guys I'm concerned about this week, uh, Sam Howell coming off that big four-touchdown game against the Eagles. I just think the Patriots are going to really game plan for uh, for this guy. Uh, <clears throat> normally when he's pressured and such, uh, he kind of folds a little bit there. Uh, they're going to take Terry McLaurin away in this game, so we're going to see what happens there. I'd be concerned about starting Sam Howell, um, and uh, hopefully you don't have to. And Daniel Jones, um, I love my Giants, and I like Daniel Jones, but coming off um, that, uh, you know, that uh, neck injury, uh, I'm not going to start him until I actually see him do, do something. And I know that they're playing the Raiders this week, but I'm just not trusting it until I can see something from Daniel Jones. I don't know if you guys saw that that box score uh, <laughs> in the oh. receiving category last week for the Giants. It was ugly. I think the worst in like 100 years. I don't know what it was. It was really bad. Anyway, uh, Chris, how about you? A couple of quarterbacks you're not crazy about and why? <laughs> yeah, t- Tommy DeVito, two, two completions and seven attempts for minus one yard. That's that's kind of frightening. Uh, um, I don't really like Jordan Love this week. I mean, he was a fantasy hit early on with an unsustainable touchdown rate, but the signs were there that because he was missing on half the throws that this was going to come back to earth. The inaccuracy continued, and without the touchdowns, his numbers are just abysmal. He's been quarterback 26 in points per game since, since week four. He did not step up with three consecutive plus matchups, so I just can't see him suddenly finding magic against a decent pass defense like the Rams that only gives up 230 yards and one touchdown per game. There's just got to be a better option for you. This offense is stuck in neutral. Another caution play is Geno Smith. Um, I mean, he's really failed to reproduce anything close to his 2022 Pro Bowl season, and he struggled to even be QB2 caliber fantasy scorer. He's only topped 19 points once. Um, This week, crossing the country and facing the number one Ravens pass defense looks like a sure bet for a continued gold streak to me. Uh, there's just not a lot to like about this matchup, including the likelihood that the game plan is run heavy because the Ravens' run defense is way less scary than their pass defense. Okay, how about uh, running back? A couple of running backs you like this week and why? All right, hopefully this is not just wishful thinking, but I really like Jonathan Taylor this week. He's getting more and more action each week. He's looking more and more effective. I mean, he had 90 yards at halftime last week, and then he only touched the ball once in the second half. I mean, what the heck was that all about? Uh, the Colts certainly realize they need to hand in the keys to this offense, get him 20-plus touches. 
And then he's facing a team like the Panthers. That should help him do it with a positive game script, most likely, and the most generous fantasy defense for the running back. They've allowed over five yards per carry and 13 running back touchdowns in only seven games. I think this week he arrives as the fantasy number one. And then I kind of like Josh Jacobs this week. Um, The Raiders, I thought, showed some signs of life in the run game on Monday Night Football when they ran the ball against a pretty good run defense. And this just in, the Giants are not a pretty good run defense. So I think they've been even worse on the road, allowing like 26 points per game to running back, something like that. Jacobs' three highest rushing totals this year have been his three home games, and he has scored nine of his last 14 touchdowns at home in the last two seasons. So I think he's due for a high-volume, multi-score breakout game. And this game script and this opponent really scream like it could be this week. Okay, uh, before I get to my uh, picks here, uh, I've got an update here uh, on Puka Nakua. Apparently, uh, Sean McVay, uh, the, the Internet's a great thing. You can look this up. <laughs> Sean McVay was commenting on the Rams' injuries, and he said Puka Nakua has some knee swelling, not necessarily an injury. So he's going to uh, probably take it easy in practice this week. Uh, but it doesn't look like it's something that's really serious. Of course, I'm saying this on Tuesday night. We'll see if he can actually get through the practice week. And if he can, then I think he'll be okay. All right, uh, a couple of running backs I like this week. Uh, Kareem Hunt, um, he's a designated goal line back, and they're playing the Arizona Cardinals. And you, we all saw that uh, Gus the Bus Edwards scored three times on the Cardinals. I'm not saying Hunt's going to score three times, but I think he's going to score at least once in this game. Uh, so uh, if you got him, start him uh, with no problem. Alvin Kamara, uh, everybody knows that Alvin Kamara is going to, uh, to uh, be started by everybody, and he's going to produce uh, solid numbers. But – He's playing the Bears this week, and he is just like Austin Eckler, catches a lot of passes, and the Bears stuff the run, but they can't stop the the, uh, running back from catching passes, and that's a Kamara specialty. So I think he's going to catch at least five passes in this game, if not close to ten, and score, just like Eckler. So if you've got Kamara, don't worry about the the stuff-laden Bears defense and running, because Kamara will make his uh, the other way. Okay, Tony Pollard is my caution play this week. The, the Eagles have allowed just two touchdowns to the running backs in 2023, and I know Pollard can catch passes, but it didn't look like Dak's really keeping them too involved in the passing game. So just a caution play there. You'll start them, and, uh, you know, hopefully you'll get a, get a touchdown there. And then uh, if you've got Aaron Jones like me in a couple of leagues, uh, I've sat him the last week or two uh, because he's been playing uh, probably like 60%, 70% health, and he's been splitting the carries and touches with A.J. Dillon. The guy just isn't healthy, and the Rams still play the run pretty tough because they limited to Paul, uh, Tony Pollard last week. So if you've got another option other than Aaron Jones, like, say, uh, Rashard White, like I did, uh, you want to start Rashard White in a PPR over Aaron Jones uh, definitely this week. How about you, uh, Chris? How about a couple of running backs you're not crazy about and why? Yeah, I remember saying a few weeks ago on the podcast that I would rather invest in Cam Akers than Madison as a fantasy asset, and it looks like the pendulum may be swinging that way. I think Akers was the one who salted the game away in week seven, and he got the goal line look in week eight. So, uh, nonetheless, even in a continued timeshare, the Falcons' defense has yet to give up a touchdown on the ground, and the Vikings' offense looks very different with, could look very different with Jaron Hall under center and extra defenders committed to the run. So I cannot see a reason to start Alexander Madison this week. And then my, my caution play is, is probably one I'm going to live to regret. You know, this guy's one of the hottest running backs in the league. Um, it's Brees Hall. Uh, the Jets lost two more offensive linemen from a unit that was already decimated this week. So now that four of their starting offensive linemen are now on IR. Sooner or later, this lack of depth up front has got to take it. And this week could be it against the Chargers. The Chargers have actually been pretty good against the run. They only allowed under 75 yards per game and three and a half yards a carry. 
No running backs topped 34 yards since week four, and nobody sniffed 100 yards all year. So the Chargers might also be able to score some points, putting the usually conservative Jets into an aerial mode and reducing the rushing attempts. But, you know, he could have an impact in the passing game. Uh, L.A. does allow the second most running back receptions per game, um, and that's where he's been doing his damage because Brees Hall has only got 50 yards rushing in his last two games combined. Oh, yep. Uh, that could be a shocker there. How about a wide receiver? A couple of wide receivers you like this week and why? Yeah, a few guys from deep on your bench you might want to consider. Uh, one is Demario Douglas. You mentioned him earlier. With, with Kendrick Bourne out for the year, secondary target Parker also ailing. I think Jones is going to focus on the rookie who has led the team in targets by a mile without Bourne last week. Um, facing the commanders, they're especially susceptible deep and out of the slot, which is what Douglas is going to do. This defense has allowed the most yards to receivers by far and the most touchdowns by far. On a day, I expect Jones to rebuild his confidence in the passing game against this opponent and not having a lot of competition for targets. I think Douglas could be a sneaky good play with high wide receiver number two potential if he scores. And then I, I kind of like Jahan Dotson. He's the only guy in the NFL averaging over six targets a game and yet averaging under 12 PPR points per game. He's actually under nine points per game. He's 36 in targets, but 58 in PPR scoring. So Dotson's getting the chance. He just hasn't produced yet with him. Um, Dotson finally had a breakout game after many weeks of high volume and low completions. And this week he's facing a team that is sure to focus on McLaurin in the passing game, like you mentioned earlier. New England shut down opposing number ones all year, but the number two and three guys increased their targets every time. I think Dotson's going to get his chances again this week to make a splash. Okay, a couple guys I like this week. Uh, Chris Olave, of course, he's almost going to be started with fantasy. I think he's the big team that's coming against the Bears. Uh, you saw what the receivers did against them the last uh, Sunday night uh, for the Chargers. And, of course, Brandon Cooks, I think he's going to be needed uh, for the Cowboys to beat the Eagles. And Cooks has uh, quietly scored uh, the last two games for the Dallas Cowboys. Um <clears throat> I know he hasn't uh, caught for many yards, but a score is a score, and he's been pr- pretty solid, so if you need him, start him. A couple guys I'm concerned about this week, uh, Jackson Smith, Nick Jigba scored a couple of weeks in a row, but he's playing the Ravens this week. Uh, T- uh, D.K. Metcalf's getting healthier. Uh, Tyler Lockett's there. I just don't think that there's going to be enough to go around for uh, JSN to be productive. And then you mentioned Yaha Dotson, and it's a personal uh, thing for me <laughs> because I've got him on one of my FFPC <laughs> main event teams. And believe it or not, I probably – will end up starting him, but it doesn't mean that I trust him against the Patriots. I know that they're going to focus on Terry McLaurin, but I've seen this before from Dotson thinking, well, certainly they're going to be throwing to him and all, and he had one game with one target, and that was it. He had another game, uh, three catches, 30 yards. So, uh, you know, I'd like to see a little bit more consistency, so uh, maybe if I put him on the flick list, he'll have a good game. I, <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, how about you, Chris, a couple of wide receivers you're not crazy about and why? I've never seen a guy try to reverse jinx himself. That's, that's, that's pretty cool. Uh, I'm not real keen on Marquise Brown this week. I mean, Hollywood's a tremendously talented receiver who's been stymied by poor quarterback play when Kyler Murray's been out. Um, this week could get even worse, as we talked about. Clayton Toon could start, or a very rusty Kyler Murray back under center. This would be bad enough on its own to, to not consider Brown. But facing the Browns' pass defense in Cleveland after they come home from a long road trip and a loss in Seattle – I think they're going to be in for a tough game and a lot of growing pains. It reminds me a lot of the Raiders having to go play the Lions uh, last night after the Lions lost uh, a tough road game. So I, I'm just staying clear of the whole, that whole offense this week. 
And then I don't like Christian Watson. Uh, between his injury earlier and the sketchy overall offensive play in Green Bay, Watson just simply has not been able to find his groove this year. He's not getting a huge target share. He's yet to actually top three catches in a single game. He's totally reliant on a single big play to even have moderate fantasy value, and that's just hard to count on. The Rams have actually been a pretty solid pass defense so far. They've only allowed four wide receiver touchdowns, and that should continue to make it hard for Watson to have an impact. Okay. How about that tight end? A couple of tight ends you like uh, this week and why? Well, I figured it worked so well calling him the click last week. Again, if he's eligible as a tight end in your league, Taysom Hill is getting far too many touches in far too many ways and in high-value situations. He's actually averaging 17 points per game the last three weeks in PPR while catching only like three passes. Uh, it's hard not to consider him a value play here. And against the Bears, who actually have allowed the most tight end receptions so far, he has a greater chance to do some damage as an actual receiver as well. So I think you've got to lock him into the lineup again this week if he's eligible as a tight end in your league. And then I like Donald Parham this week. Uh, no one's allowed more tight end touchdowns than the Jets. So the touchdown magnet, Parham, with several charger receiving options a little bit gimpy, looks like a solid bet for a trip to the end zone this week. Um, despite playing less than half as many snaps, he's tied with Keenan Allen for the team lead in red zone targets, eight, and red zone touchdowns, four. That's about as close to a lock for a TD opportunity as one could ask for a tight end not named Kelsey Laporta or Andrews or something like that. Gerald, Ippie's all, or Gerald Everett is also iffy to play, so this could free up some additional targets for Parham between the 20s as well. Okay, a couple of tight ends I like this week. Dalton Kincaid, what's not to like the last couple of weeks, had a breakout game, and then he had his first score. We'll get a ride to hot hand with him this week, and especially since the Bengals struggle against a tight end, just ask George Kittle. Uh, so if you got Kincaid and you missed starting him like I have, you go, go ahead and continue, uh, plug and play. Jake Ferguson, Dallas, uh, rebounded there. Uh, Chris, you and I were speculating about him and all, and they said, yeah, let's go with it. <laughs> well, uh, he uh, came uh, back into play as a Cowboy receiver and scored last week, and guess what? You can beat the Eagles with the tight end, so I think Ferguson's going to be needed this week, so you got them, start them, uh, and uh, don't don't be too concerned about it. A couple guys that I am concerned about, Trey McBride, uh, coming off that big game where the lineman pushed him into the end zone. <laughs> Only Mark Andrews has scored on the Browns at the tight end position this week, so I'd be concerned about that. Uh, and then Logan Thomas, uh, Patriots is tough on a tight end. It seems that every time, uh, usually when they have a tough, very tough matchup, um, for the past, uh, Logan Thomas kind of disappears. So I'd be concerned about that. Uh, how about you, Chris? A couple of tight ends. You're not crazy about this week, and why? I'll start with Cole Komet. He's going to be a hot pickup in DFS play after everyone watched him explode on Sunday Night Football. But he's had, he had 19 targets, 17 catches in two games against bottom three tight end defenders, and about those same numbers in the other six games combined. So I think this week he faces the Saints who have allowed the second fewest tight end fantasy PPR points, second fewest receptions, second fewest yards, all signs perform, all signs point to an underperformance for a guy that's been very matchup dependent. And I don't like Chig of Conquo this week. Um, he was a sexy preseason sleeper pick and he kind of stayed asleep along with most of the passing game in Tennessee. <laughs> um, he, he's yet to top 35 yards this year, although he did have a solid seven touches last week with Will Levis under center. Um, it's just hard to get excited on a short week against a team that gives up next to nothing to the tight end. And, and teams give up nothing to the tight end against, by, against Pittsburgh because those tight ends have to stay in and help block the pass rush. So I think this looks like a week that Chiggy is going to be more of a blocker than a receiver. Okay, uh, time for one hit wonders. A kicker and defense hit me with them. Uh, I'm going to go with the long and short of it, the old guy and the young guy. Uh, I love the veteran Chris Boswell. He kicks well at home. 
and the Titans have allowed multiple field goals in six of seven games. Thursday night games are often very run-heavy and field goal-heavy. And then uh, the new signing in, in uh, L.A., Lucas Havrasek, um, the Rams replaced Maher, was actually number four in kicker scoring despite all of his misses. So he would have been number one because the Rams have tried the most field goals by far this year, over three per game. So he's going to get a lot of chances. And then defenses I like. I like uh, the Patriots at home against Washington. A lot of folks dropped the underperforming Pat, so I'd say go get him off the waiver wire for this week against the most sacked quarterback in the league. And then I like the Chargers uh, going into, into the Meadowlands against uh, the Jets. I think that patchwork offensive line trying to block Bosa and Mack sounds like a recipe for sacks and turnovers. Yep. I agree with you there. All right. Uh, well, uh, thanks. Uh, thank you for joining us, everyone. Uh, for Chris Rito, this is Michael Masrek, And for John Cooney up there, I know you're watching down on us. See you all next week when we offer our Week 10 preview. Good night and good luck to everyone playing this week. Football. Football. You know, a physical sport. You've been listening to the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge with your host, Michael Nazareth, the definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Join us next time. Until then, remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. Good day, sir.